If you're talking sports, it's the matchup. Mickey here with Zizzy. Yeah, we're cutting it up. Just a couple athletic enthusiasts. You know what it is. The Mickey Zizzy podcast. What's going on, everybody? Season three, episode 23. It's the GOAT year. It's the GOAT episode. What do you what do you want? What, what more LeBron. is there to say? LeBron, MJ, we know what's going on here. But it's exciting here on the Mickey Zizzy podcast tonight. Our first ever live and in-person Feature guest, Cheyenne Mino. I mean, I, the name is French. He is not everybody, oh. but we are excited to be here. Welcome to it, man. How Thanks, are you guys? Hey, let's get it. Yeah. Um, huge fan of the podcast. Been listening for a couple of years now since you guys started. So it's big on <laughs> I love it. We got the fans, baby. All right. No, super excited to get this going. Uh, of course, brought to you by Pinnacle Supplementation. Make sure you reach your Pinnacle. Check out PinnacleSup.com for all your wellness and supplemental needs. Uh, we're just trying trying to be the best versions of ourselves, everybody, and they're going to help us get there. So let's let's start with that, and then of course, our man, the OBL extraordinaire, Hiccup Court Globetrotter, Seeker Sauce Shooter, Smuckers Smack Talker, Grant Anderson. Check out his YouTube channel, G for Three. Uh, he's just been doing amazing things with the game of basketball, and it's been really really cool to be a part of his journey. Um, but of course. I'm Zizzy. This is Mickey. That Cheyenne, we'll get to it. Oh, we'll get to it. Yeah, <laughs> just like we said, uh, super excited to have Cheyenne in the building uh, live. We're all in person. The vibes are great. But also, Cheyenne, you know, was the he is the reigning champion of Beat the Podcast NFL Pickups. We have a former <laughs> champion uh, in our mix here, so we're gonna get a little bit of tips and tricks from him. Uh, obviously, the season hasn't been going as well for him. He's not one of those front runners like some other people. But I will get to that in just a little bit. We're obviously going to start off with the NFL because the NFL, y'all, upsets. It's been wild. Things definitely got mixed up. And since our guest here, he's obviously the person of the week, right? Yeah, hey, person of the week. I know we start every episode <laughs> with it, but it's kind of hard when the man is sitting with us. We give it to him. For, I mean, it's not the first time, right? I don't think so. It might it be. Will, it, might it be. is the is first it? time. This is, is our first, first time. I love guest. it when I say it's not, and then it is. But all right, let's go. First time guest, Cheyenne Mino. Welcome to the pod, like we just said. We're obviously going to let you kick it off with whatever team you want to start to talk about in the NFL. Yeah, so I'm a Southern California boy, so I've been rooting for the Chargers. Um, they had us preseason favorites uh, at third for Super Bowl odds. Um, definitely had a lot of injuries, so it's not been rocking so well. We had a tough uh, test last week against 49ers, and um, – you know, we were dominating all game, but zero points in the second half. That's um, not going to win you any ball games there. Um, on the bright side, we do get Keenan Allen back and Mike Williams, but our D-line's looking kind of sketchy right now. Um, so we'll see what's going on with them. Still got faith in them. We got a tough test against Kansas City this week. So You think they're pulled off? Right um, out of the stretch? I'm feeling it. I'm feeling uh, it. I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. Still got Justin Herbert. Got Eckler. Get those two weapons back with uh, Allen and Williams. We get something going. But uh, this is a make it break a week for us right here for sure. So, yeah. No, you, Oh, we talked about it on the podcast. Herbert Sherbert. We loved him. I picked him up in a lot of my fantasy leagues. And right now I haven't really been reaping the benefits from having him on my team due to injuries. Mike Williams, been out. Keenan Allen, been out, right? Even their kicker. Been out. They've had some uh, Dicker the Kicker coming in. <laughs> That's his name. Yeah. Yes. The, the players on the sideline did not even know his name. Yeah. They're like, wait, who's our kicker this week? 
Um, you even have the punter. You have Gerald Everett, who I really like as a tight end, as a receiving tight end. He's been out, right? You talked about the two defensive linemen that are out too, the, that interior D line. I mean, that's the moral of the story, and y'all are five and four. Yeah. And that's that's pretty good. I mean, you're playoff contention, especially in the AFC. I mean, let, let's let's take it this way too. And I, I like your take when you're coming up. I know it's a tough loss against the Niners, um, but that's another team that's on that's trending in the right direction. I mean, you get the CMC trade. We can talk about them all day. But the Chargers had the first game against the Chiefs. If if you ask me, Patrick Mahomes threw four touchdowns in that game that were all saved by referee penalty calls um, and whatever else was going on. And then at the end of the game, it comes down to one bad decision and a completely dog-tired Gerald Everett. I mean, if he's taken out of the game, who's to say that they don't score that touchdown? They don't win that game. It was highly competitive. It's a divisional game. And it's Herbert versus Mahomes. I mean, every single time we see them play against each other, it is a close game, but I'm with you guys. It's It's been a story of the injuries for the Chargers this year. Um, on paper, like like you said, third best team uh, for Super Bowl odds coming into the season. And then you have just catastrophic injuries. I mean, Keenan Allen, we all talk about him being the superstar 1,000-yard receiver that's helped Justin Herbert his whole career. Hasn't played since, what, week two? Something Basically, like week two, week one, he gets hurt, something like that. Yeah, at least fully healthy. Um, so to get him back will certainly be a big help if we can get Mike Williams down the road. Uh, the defense has got to shore up. That's been the issue, and it's been a lot. Like you said, it is more D-line, linebacker. So it's, it's been against the run. run they have so. not been able to stop the run. Um, if we can do that, you're playing a team that likes to go through the air. They haven't been running much with Pacheco or um, Clyde edwards Chalair in the last or few McKinnon. weeks. Or <laughs> McKinnon, really. Yeah, no, he's been more of a threat in the past game. So, I mean, you got Derwin James. You got the great corners, JC, everyone out there. I just – you never know. It's a divisional game. I like it. I think they got a chance this week. We'll see what happens, though. No, Shy, and the big thing, too, I don't know. I mean, obviously, it's 49ers. They're a good team now. They're a, they're a playoff contender without a doubt in my eyes. And I'm looking at the box score here. And then you give Eckler the ball. I mean, he is – I say he's a bigger deal on your team than Justin Herbert. Wrong or right? Right. I mean, a lot of that's due to we do have Slater out too. Um, so that's definitely effect. He's by far our best offensive lineman right now. So I can see how we're just trying to put the ball more into Herbert Smith hands and um, you know, dish it out to Eckler in the flat. But um and I can't and I can't blame people for putting it on Herbert or like trying to have him win the, I mean, his arm talent is one on one. That throw that he made on Sunday night, the one oh, I don't know, you see the one to Josh yeah, yeah. Palmer. Yeah. The Josh Palmer crossbody on the diet, like a couple inches behind the DB. Crazy. I mean, there's certain throws that he makes that are insane. After he got his ribs banged up against the Chiefs the first time they played, so he shows shows toughness and then stands in the pocket and throws one of the best, what like third or fourth down throws I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, so I mean I get it, but I, again, I'm gonna side with you guys. I think that Eckler is such an integral piece to this team. I mean, he's been the number one rated fantasy running back <laughs> for the last Dang two man. seasons. I mean, if not, again, we're looking at him this season with a couple of his pop off performances. But it's all it's it is the pass game. It's just, it's so crazy having certain players that can be just tremendous dual threats nowadays. And for him to be the pass catching back, I put him up there with CMC. It's him and CMC for the best pass catching backs in the league, I would say. Oh, for sure. They're very similar. I mean, kind of hard to put someone with CMC, but. Prime CMC, like year two, is what Eckler is now. Christian is not what he once was. I understand, like, the 49ers might be reborn. But as of right now, I'm taking Eckler over Christian McCaffrey. 
Easy. Woo! That's a hot take. Hey, I mean, I give it to. I say that he's more of an integral piece of the team. Yes. Than CMC would be because they obviously were playing without CMC before that. They have always had good running backs in San Fran. I ain't gonna jump that far though. CMC is a different animal. He was, and he's been injured. He has injury by the was. He, he just got first game with the Niners. He was the first player since LG. Oh, yeah, to have uh, all three of those. To have a passing, a catching, and a running touchdown. Yeah, it's awesome. Don't get me wrong, but we'll see how it does weeks on. Okay. And last thing I do want to talk about this game, I want y'all's takes on, is when Herbert got taken out after that big hit, right? He gets right back up, playing, like, okay, I'm ready to roll. And they take him out because some person in a blue hat says, no, we got to do the concussion protocol. And that was a drive killer. They said it, Jace Daniel. And boom, the drive was killed. They only got taken away with three instead of a touchdown there towards the end of the half, right? I think that's complete uh, bad on the NFL's part. He did not show any signs of a head injury. It was, oh, it looked like it hurt bad. He got up. He was fine. He looked okay. Was there any type of him shaking? No, um, so, no. I mean, it was, he was on the ground for a couple seconds. That's what it was. Because he had an incompletion, didn't he? Yeah, but he was laying, yeah, but he was laying on the yeah, ground. As the quarterback, you're going to get one of the most attention. And I, two, if you're going to linger. After we're seeing what happened with Tua, they're gonna be they're gonna yeah, baby it. I get that. Yeah, yeah, but we talked about this when the whole new concussion protocol came in. We said it's going to be tragic and horrible for the NFL if it gets to the point to where we're in a playoff game or we're in a big time like deciding seeding to get in the playoffs or something like that. And it comes down to in the second half or a late fourth quarter drive, quarterback gets hit or a star, star skill player gets hit. They're out for the game now because the refs believe or the viewers up top are saying hey, that's concussion symptoms. He's he's done. Yeah. We're laying down it's a big issue. Yeah. I mean, I, I yeah, I get it's that. Hard. I get it. No, I'm with you. And I mean, I was saying with Tua and all that, I mean, at the end of the day, we play people that play the sport, you play the sport knowing the potential damages. I'm not saying that it's something that we should play through, but I'm just saying that this is going to be something where I'm with you. If it starts becoming a common trend, and certain issues like this to where you don't really see as a whole, like, oh, that's definitely a concussion. Like, we all know two was was. But when you see just, okay, he was on the ground for a couple extra seconds, I don't yeah, know if we, we can go by that. Right yeah, now. it's a gray line. And I just don't like it because Herbert's the best player. I mean, between him and Eckler, I'd probably choose Eckler over Herbert for this year, for this year, yeah. for sure. But, like, I, just, I hate that, like, he got taken out of the game when he chose that. If he got up a little sturdy, like, whoa. You know, a quick little second. All right, take him out. We saw that with two. Uh, I, I hopefully that we do not see this reoccurring thing. Like, oh, he kind of he laid down for a little bit longer because it also he's playing in the NFL and it's tiring. And it also could just be. I mean, look at Herbert's season to this point. I mean, he plays, gets the rib injury early mm-hmm. in the season. Yeah, does not look like himself for the next three games. I mean, yeah, they won two of them, but still, you can't tell me that he looked like Justin Herbert in the pocket every time he got hit. It looked like he was wincing. He's got stuff like he's staying off of throws. He's not stepping in the throws with as much strength as he was. Now he takes a hit where he's on the ground a little bit longer. They already know he's had some injury issues. Maybe that plays into it. I just, I don't know. I mean, it definitely plays into the part. I think the underrated part with Justin Berber is how mobile of a quarterback he is. He has that factor as Mahomes. And since he's got that injury, he has been running. Um, that's causing him to rather that's than true. run. He hasn't. He yeah. hasn't like at all. He's been forcing a lot more balls instead of taking yeah. and running like he usually does. But I don't know. They just gotta get healthy overall. And um, 
turn the season. If they get healthy, they play in a tough division where I mean, obviously, it's gonna be hard to catch the Chiefs to win the division. But I mean, they they are still a threat to anybody they see. They're a threat. They made the playoffs. Wild card is anyone. Yeah, wild card against anyone. That's scary. They're a wild card team. I think they get that six, five, seven spot. Get that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anything else about your Chargers, Mr. Personal Week, Mr. Interview Week? No, nope. just waiting to finally be called a bandwagon. Waiting on the day. We have, we have the now live footage of Shaheen, you know, a Chargers fan before they do. Yeah, anything. thank you. Yeah, it's been. As he's wearing. I mean, page. you've been you've been repping it for years, so I'll back it up here yeah. on the show. I'm just saying. That's a tough one. I mean, we start talking about college football. It's a whole different story. Roll Tide. Roll Tide. We're not getting into uh, college football yet. We are going to transition to yours truly, the Chicago Bears. Oh, Y'all, you already know. You already know. The best dual threat quarterback in the NFL right Stop. now. Justin Stop. <laughs> oh, he said right now. He see, he saved himself. He's this saved year, himself. This, right now in the NFL. This year. From week one to ten, I'm taking Justin Fields as the best dual threat quarterback. Not that's like in three games. I'll take him the last yeah, three games. Three not four, one yeah. to ten. That's oh, that's over. No, that's still over. You're telling me the last three games maybe for the whole season. No, it's earlier on in the season too. Where? He's a running threat. He's a running threat. Okay, you don't give him the Commanders game, right? But he still has <laughs> been very. I dare I say elite. All right, uh, he had 167 uh, through the air, 147 on the ground. We already talked about breaking Mike Vick's record. Sorry, move over. Justin Fields is here to stay. He had three touchdowns. I'm going to be pulling up stats for y'all because a lot of people think I'm crazy about this. I'm not this saying take. that it's crazy. I know he had he has two throwing touchdowns. He has 174 – or no, that was the week before. That was against us. Yeah. Yeah. What do you yeah, have? 179, you have? 179? Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. What do you have this week? 147? 147. 147. Holy no, in the last six games, 15 total touchdowns, five passing. Uh, No, 10 passing, five rushing. That's pretty dual threat if you ask me. Right? Only the three interceptions. It's pretty good for uh, only being a second year in the league. Right? 1,000 yards passing, uh, 600 yards rushing. Still pretty dual threat. Right? Now, he's the first ever uh, Bears that have back-to-back 140 games. That's Walter Payton. Pretty elite if you're That's in that stature. Cool that is if pretty you're pretty, cool you're up there with uh Walter Payton. And then my last stat is the Chicago Bears. We're going to talk more and less about Justin Fields, but they're the only team to score 29 points or more and lose three straight games. Absolutely bonkers. And we all know what it comes down to. Our defense is horrendous. And I called it on the podcast. We traded our two best players. And now Justin Fields is flourishing like a flower. And it's beautiful to watch. Offense is fun, ladies and gentlemen. I understand why these two love their teams. Chargers, good offense. Dolphins, now a good offense, right? I'm in their same Elite. boat. But our defense is atrocious. Talk to me. Talk some dirt. I mean, it's a lot of good. It's a lot of good. No, it's 50% good. Uh, okay, well, you're the Bears fan. Nobody expected the Bears to do much coming in this season. I can say that outside of Bear Downs. <laughs> outside of Bear Downs. Um for you guys to see what Justin Fields has done in the last three games specifically, I mean, overall for the whole season, yes, it's been a good year. But the last three games specifically have been unreal. And he's unguardable. He's, I mean, speed, best dual threat in the court in the league. I'm still going to give that to Lamar Jackson. He's a former NFL MVP. Yeah, former this year. The four, this okay, year. you can talk this year. It's three games, Mickey. It's not, it's not just season. that. It's not the whole season yet. If he continues, and I've I've said it, it's been in the group chat, it's been in other <laughs> conversations we've had. If he continues this level of play throughout the rest of the season, I'll give it to him after this season. I'll say he's the best dual threat quarterback in the league right now. I'll give him that. But 
I have to go off what I've seen. Pre- I can't take a three-game sample size and say that he's better than Lamar Jackson. I just can't this, I'm not saying better overall. Because they, they both well, they both have the work and the, they both have work to do in the same air aspect of the game. They both have work to do from the pocket. Just well, we're field. saying dual threat. We're not saying they're the best pocket passer. Well, a dual threat is throwing the ball too, is it not? You're yeah, running. He's throw. still good. That's at what passing. I'm saying. So, all right. I, I love what Justin Fields has done. I love the Bears' offense. I mean, I, I was telling everybody last week, they were having me sweating against the Dolphins. I'm watching. I, they're up two touchdowns. You're feeling so good about them. And then it comes down to, again, a defensive collapse. But it's been a common trend on the podcast that we talked about since the trade started. Mm-hmm. You can't trade away Robert Quinn, and you can't trade away Roquan Smith. I mean, maybe one of them, but you can't trade them both together. I mean, it's your two staple pieces on defense. Yes, they got picks back. They got compensation. Are they going to be able to use that to fine-tune everything else that's now around Justin Fields? Sure, maybe they go get one more weapon for him. I mean, Khalil Herbert's got an injury now that'll be something to deal with. Montgomery is still that guy, but we've seen some of the time get split more. Herbert's been running hard. I don't don't know if there's something more going on there or what, but they have to fix the defense. If they shore up the defense – they can be that wild card team that you were talking about. They can make that run because the offense, at least for three straight games now, not against great defenses, but still doing everything that they need to do in the NFL to be successful. So, uh, I mean, it's a, it is, it's a 50, 50. I think it's more positive than good because again, the expectations were so low for the bears coming in this yeah. season, but that, that's just where I'm at. How about you, Shai? So coming out of college, I wasn't a big fan of Justin Fields to begin what? with. Um, wow. he kind of. I remember we were freaking out at the draft. We I don't know. He just—he still, you know, he still kind of reminds me now of a ugly girl when she puts on some makeup, or if I have a couple drinks and you know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because because when you watch them play and stuff, and you watch teams that are successful, you need a quarterback that consistently throw the ball. And that's going to come to two things. It's going to have a big play when they're contain him, and he's not going to be able to get that third down conversion. Or with how bad their offense line is, he's going to get hurt. And that's just the future moving forward. But my biggest problem is now, like, even looking at his stats, all the running and stuff, he has 12 touchdowns and seven interceptions. He's 11th in QBR. Not bad. He's, he's 25th in passing yards. Now, granted, he is running the ball a lot and stuff, but – you just need a quarterback. I've watched too many times on third downs where he's just missed that throw. And granted, I don't think their receiving cores as good as it could be. He has enough weapons. Mooney's okay, but I'm not the biggest fan on him. But it's just, yeah, I'm saying I'm just not a big fan of him. He's very much run first, and I can see him. He kind of just stays in the pocket too long. I don't know. He's. It might just be almost like he's looking for that gap to open up to take off. Yeah, instead it's either of looking that, at the downfield. He, he doesn't trust his receivers. I don't know if it's because his receivers aren't good enough in his eyes, or if he's not confident enough in his throwing ability to take off. I've seen him make those throws before, but he does stay in the pocket too long, and that's why he gets sacked a lot. This is. I, I guess it's so, but you think it's because more just being a running quarterback or because to me, that's where a question comes in again with Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson is 43 and 15 in his career as a start, 43 yeah. and 15. And he's a run first quarterback in my opinion. I'm just saying, but then it's like, okay, so can you win? Yeah. He's got great defense. He has probably a better team around him. I mean, not maybe really offensively. I think the bears could compete with them offensively, but I mean, at the end of the day though, 
then you start getting into the playoffs and we don't see that same level of success. So I don't know if it's just like a crunch time thing, if it's a true game plan thing. I don't I don't know. I I didn't know we had Colin Coward over here making these crazy, <laughs> crazy analogies here on the podcast. Oh, so, money Christmas. Here we go. But I mean, we're talking dual threat. Yes, the beginning of the year, Justin Fields was still a seed, right? He's trying to blossom into this flower, which he is now. The past three games, yeah, maybe I am oh, a little Um, But with that, I mean, we look at it. Six touchdowns compared to two touchdowns this year against Lamar. Cool. That's the person we're comparing to this year, right? It was uh, 1,700 yards to – no. 1600 yards, 1700 yards to 1400 yards. Okay, 300 yard difference for passing, right? We'll give the edge to Lamar Jackson. 12 TDs to 16 TDs, right? They're both right there, in my opinion, for passing. Lamar's a little bit better of a passer. We obviously know that. Better rusher right now is Justin Fields without a doubt. All right, he's hitting 20 mile per hour multiple times in a game, right? So the dual threat still comes into it because still can sling the rock. And like you said, you helped out my point. Offense around us isn't too great, right? I'm not sold on Cole Komet. I know some other people would like to disagree with me. People love Cole Komet. I'm not too sold on him. He's had a few uh, breakout games this past week. But overall, I think they're very, very comparable. I think Justin Fields takes the edge because of how great of a runner he is. To be determined. (laughs) Obviously, we both agree that the Bears defense is atrocious. Somehow the Lions came back. It was just the Dan Campbell. We all love Dan Campbell. It's all about that grit, baby. All about that grit. We all love it. (laughs) Uh, Mr. Zizzy, I probably think I know where this is going to go. Yeah, you know, just the future Super Bowl contending AFC team, playoff team. Miami, stand up, baby! Let's go! Seven and three? Seven and three? Undefeated when Tua plays a full game? The man has 18 touchdowns and three interceptions on the season. 285 yards and three touchdowns! I guess the Browns. I know it's the Browns. I know. But we still scored 39 points. We scored 30 points in a majority of our games this year, our last three games for sure. I am ecstatic when I watch my Miami Dolphins. I have never had this much hope in us to it, – it's not – guys, I have never watched a Miami Dolphin team win a playoff game in my lifetime. In my lifetime. I was When they did, I was too young to even know what was going on. So this is our year. This is my moment as a fan, as a fan base, the entire, like we are ready because this is the Legion of zoom. We have a top two wide receiver, a top wide receiver duo in the league, in my opinion, but I mean, top five for both of them. You're talking about yardage production. You're talking about touchdown. I mean, like you said, we can do it either way. Two has been able to throw the deep ball this year. He's completed four. He has five touchdowns over 40 yards this year. And then they've been able to do it the other way where everyone likes to point out. You give the ball to Jalen Waddle on Tyreek Hill after five yards, they'll do the rest. Yeah, we can do it that way. On top of that, though, let's talk about Jeff Wilson. Jeff Wilson absolutely killing it since he's got back to the mix. 119 yards. 119 yards on the ground and what, his second start for us? And, I mean, he's kind of taken over Raheem. Raheem's still been active, still getting his rush yards. I mean, he still had 65 of his own, still had a touchdown. But it really is looking like San Fran's back. I mean, I get it. It's the players from San Fran. But to see this backfield come together, to see Tua take the next step, we have MVP chance in Miami. MVP chance. If our defense can show, if our defense can shore up just a little bit, and I mean, there's some health issues there. We made, we tried to look at things before the trade deadline, but we can get, we can just kind of solidify that unit. I really think that we can do some damage in the playoffs this year. 
before Shy intervened, the Dolphins, I cannot wait to see. I'm going to let him gloat, right? He obviously has a chance. He's got, Let's go! He's got the stats to back it up here. And, you know, they are a very, very good team. They took a Browns team who's decent. They're not very good, but 39 to 17. But you beat, you win the games, you got to win. I didn't say they didn't, <laughs> right? And the big thing that it comes down to is everyone's hyping up Tua, but in all grand schemes of things, it's Tyree Kill. Tyree Kill is my front runner for MVP this year. It's coming from Bears fan, right? It is not all Tua. It is all Tyree Kill. He is such a threat. He has made this Dolphins team a playoff contender because when he came to Miami, boom, now they're suddenly this big old team. Last year, I didn't think the Dolphins were nowhere near as good, like strong as a playoff contender as they are this year. What was the difference? They went and they got Tyree Kill. Tyree Kill is the fastest person in the NFL from streaking down to the field on a, you know, on a go route or sitting down on a screen. He's lethal. And I think him adding to this addition to the team is great. He might go break Megatron's record, the receiving record for yards in a season. That is worth talking about. That is worth MVP. Tua is not the best quarterback in the NFL. Not even top. Never said that. I know. Whoa. How how are you going to be, how are you going to be MVP if you're not the best at your position? Right? Because it's not value. So Tyreek Hill is the best in this position. He's going to go break records. He's going to have that stat line to back him up. MVP for Tyreek Hill. I mean, he's definitely got to be in the conversation. I mean, I don't know. what are your thoughts on him? Yeah. Um, I mean, I really think you're being a little hard on him. Uh, anytime you get a Bama quarterback and pair him with a Bama receiver right there, you got a threat. Um, people were writing off to uh, coming into the season. Uh, they thought once he got these weapons, if he didn't perform, then you know he's pretty much done. Yeah, for it. Mm-hmm. And then you think of you know where Tyree comes from came from he come from Patrick Mahomes to Tua and I think he's playing better than when he was with the Chiefs so you can't just ignore that fact of Tua they also have Travis Kelsey the best tight end in the league Kansas City Chiefs do still but um you can look at the stats for Tua this year but he's third in uh touchdowns 18 to Eight, only three 18 touchdowns with three picks first two, in over 2200 yards first in QBR yeah a lot of these games the obviously his last game was a blowout he's had a lot of close games where it's been nip tuck and he's had to make big plays at the end Obviously, it does help to have Tyreek out there. Tyreek Hill's making big plays. What team do you see that's not successful, doesn't have players that have to make big-time plays besides himself? Oh, quarterback, a quarterback has to have someone to throw to. That's obviously very nice to have that uh, weapon out there. But um, really, you can't underestimate. I think Tua should be getting those MVP chance. Yeah. Honestly, Tyreek Hill I, is the more – Well, and I, and I used to argue that, but then you get to just the basic – it's literally a one-line argument of – Tua went out for three games. That's our three losses. Mm-hmm. When Tua has played, we are undefeated. Who's your – Jacoby Brissett? No, that's no, in Cleveland. No, that's in Cleveland. Our who backup. Did? Well, we had Teddy Bridgewater who last Teddy drive. Teddy I don't – And then who are your 13? No and then Skylar Thompson. But, I mean, Tyreek still had a game exactly. against the Bengals where game, he but... – He had a game where he was over 100 yards against the Bengals and we still lost. It's you. It's more than a wide receiver because Jalen Waddle still gets his stats. Kaseki still gets his touchdowns. No, Jeff Wilson still say. getting – Jeff Wilson and Raheem are getting their stats out of the backfield. To me, I just – I feel like when it comes down to the overall – like, it's it's a win-loss column argument. Like, you can't Tua plays, they win. Tua doesn't, they lose. Well, you have the third-string Skylar Thompson who nobody knows who he is. Of course you're going to lose a football game. That's that's easy as it is. It's not comparing, oh, Teddy, if Teddy Bridgewater would have played healthy those games, I might have given him a little bit more slack. But it's Skyler Thompson and Tyreek is still balling. 
I mean, I, there's no, I have nothing negative to say about Tyreek Hill. I've, I've, people brought him up in a top five MVP candidate. I just know I've, I've heard a lot of Mahomes and a lot of Tua, and I really feel like quarterback ratings should be held in a huge, like very Absolutely. high regard. Quarterback rating. That's that's efficiency. That's efficiency. Breaking NFL. That's yards. That's everything. Breaking NFL record. Well, Cup didn't get any MVP votes. He only had a triple crown. Day. He didn't break records. Hit the the were, that would have been like two or three. But you can't tell us. There's never been a wide receiver MVP ever. So why not Tyreek will be the first breaking a record? Breaking. If Cooper Cup didn't get it last year, I just don't think he can get. If you go break Calvin Johnson's record, big yeah. how I mean, I mean, that's a that is a fat record. Tyreek starts going out there and throwing the ball to himself. Maybe like I don't know. I'm about to give it to him then, but we always hate it. Obviously, I'm a person who uh like to see other people besides a quarterback go win that award. So that's why I'm a little bit. I mean, at the beginning of the year, I was saying Michael Parsons. I'm all for it. <laughs> I'll say anybody if it's not a quarterback. But at the end of the, at the end of the day, I don't think the at least right now that you can argue against the top two. And I think it's Mahomes or two. If you're going and comparing two quarterbacks, Patrick Mahomes is still having a lights out year. Just one, two, three, yeah, four. I mean, five, twenty five touchdowns to seven picks. Yeah. Solid man. Only three <laughs> day yards, like yeah. blowing people out of there. And he's second in QBR. I mean, he's. To it out of the stats, besides, yeah, and I mean, he's doing it now where everyone was saying the Chiefs were going to have a down year. There's no Tyreek, Tyreek went to the Dolphins. I get it, I get it. I'm just saying, I mean, he's got it, he has earned his right to be in that conversation. We don't, we won't get into the debate of Jalen Hurts, too. We don't know how that's going to go because Jalen Hurts is still the best quarterback, but uh, here we go. We are going to transition into our lightning round, so we're just going to shout out every team and we're all going to say our quick little bit. So after I say those teams, uh, Mr. Mino here on the left will tell us what his thoughts about that game was, and then it'll go to Zizzy and myself. We're going to get that up in just a second. I had it up. So obviously I'm not going to remember every single game this past <laughs> week. All righty. Come uh, on, man. That's enough this. of me. Uh, on Thursday night football, we had the Carolina Panthers upset at every single person in the pickums chose the Falcons, except for Zizzy, and they lost 25 to 15. Giants. Uh, big win for Carolina. They're still in division because uh, Tampa Bay is struggling. So we'll see if they can get a run back. They got Baker back under the quarterback now. So see what they can do. Baker's back. Watch out for the Panthers. And my last hope of Baker. I chose them for two reasons. Black Panther unis and rain. That's all it is. This was a fluke game. Horrible game plan by the Falcons. How do you not run the ball? Now, plowing. Plowing. Flying out of the country, the Buccaneers beat the Seahawks 21 to 16. Hey, I told you, man. It was let's go. Bucks up. We are coming. Let's go. Uh got the surprise team, the Seahawks, this year overall. They ran to the GOAT quarterback this week. Fell short. We'll see how uh, you know, Tampa Bay moves forward now that the divorce is over with. Um <laughs> 2 0. 2 0 the divorce. Yeah. 2 0. He's 2 0. Uh obviously super simple there. The better team, I think. One, Seahawks are still gonna be a playoff contender, without a doubt. Moving on, we already talked about that. Uh, those next two games, we're gonna move on to the Titans versus the Broncos, and the Broncos had a chance, but not enough. So, you know, Broncos are dead. We're not riding anywhere. So, <laughs> tough loss for them again. Um, Titans, those keep handing the ball up to Derrick Henry. Try to carry him to the playoffs here. So, let's see how it goes. And and King Henry, we trust. And the Broncos, I mean, you're doing, you're scoring 17. You win a close game against a great defense because I do believe the Broncos have an absolutely stellar defense. Russ is dead. I don't know what it is. I don't know. 
that offense cannot move the ball. I said it the very beginning of this season, Broncos country, let's ride to the bottom of the NFL standings. Moving on, we're going to the Minnesota versus Buffalo Bills, the game of the year. 33-30, an absolute electric game. In overtime, the Vikings win. Vikings, sleeper team. I didn't see this coming this year. Um, impressive win, possible catch of the year. Uh, tough one. And, uh, catch of the century. Yeah, maybe. Bills, and you get back on the road here. A couple, couple of tough losses here recently. Let's see what they can do. Hey, Vikings are a scary team. Big threat going down the road. Um, it's just going to – it's still – even after this game, Kirk Cousins did not win that game. The Vikings defense wins that game on the one-yard line. Kirk Cousins still has to be the one to make a play if they do something in the playoffs. It was the catch of the century, way better than Odell's. I'll debate that with anybody. Having someone trying to take it out of your one hand, two yeah. versus one, absolutely amazing catch. Go look at the pictures. And then also, just like Cheyenne said, the Bills need to get something going, but I think this is going to help them in the playoffs because they've had that sense of losing, and they know they have to bounce back. Well, they'll be playing in six feet of snow this week. So Yes, they will. <laughs> Moving on to the Giants versus the Texans, a 24-16 to win. Uh, the G-Men, just a better team. Easy dope. Yeah. Same thing here. Um, I didn't see the Giants being this good this year. Daniel Jones playing out of his mind. Look out for him. Saquon. Hey, Brian Dave, coach of the year. Coach of the year right there. Yes, it is. I would totally agree with that. But next we move on to the Kansas City Chiefs versus the Jaguars. The Jaguars kind of in this game, but 27-17. to 17, Chiefs win. Yep. MVP front runner Mahomes came in. The Chiefs went and speared the Jags, knocked them down. Chiefs are looking. <laughs> Chiefs are looking good. <laughs> Who is this guy? Oh my goodness! Um, <laughs> yeah, Chiefs are the better team here. Um, good to see some positives on the side of the Jaguars. That Christian Kirk, Lawrence, uh, Trevor Lawrence connection is great, but uh, Mahomes is definitely that MVP front. Next up, we have the Steelers beating the Saints twenty to ten. I still don't think Kenny throws a lot of pickets. Is not good. The Saints are just really, really bad. Andy Dalton should not be starting. Um, both of these teams suck. I mean, what is that? I mean, uh, Saints were okay, but they're falling apart. And without TJ Watt, Steelers ain't going anywhere. So. Hey, TJ Watt was back this past week. It's probably the only reason they get that win. I don't know. I'm still thrown by the week where the Saints won by like 40 against the Raiders. Like, I'm trying to Raiders, remember, like, what? Team, yeah, is that just the Raiders? Are they really are that bad? Okay, whatever. Well, it's funny you say that because the next game is uh, Sat Saturday on Sundays. Jeff Saturday gets his first win as a head coach, 25 to 20. All right, people are counting him out. Absolutely love it. But it's not that the Colts were inspired and played this great game and everyone's going home with a game ball, but the Raiders are just really, really bad. I blame it on coaching. Uh, Josh McDaniel has got to be on the hot seat very shortly. I know the owner was back and I'm saying it's, it's first season. They're getting through it, but. I don't know. Jeff Saturday was there for a week, and he made them look way better than the Raiders did. Yeah, I mean, there's some inspiration. We don't have to have any coaching experience. We can come out there and beat the Raiders, so <laughs> never know. Just leave it at that. Moving on, the Cardinals win. It was the backup quarterback showdown, 27-17. to 17. These teams are both just trying to hang on by a third to be a playoff contender. If you're going to get Colt McCoy, McCoy versus Wofford, I'm taking McCoy every time. Easy. <laughs> yeah. Rams, uh, very disappointing. Um, didn't see this one coming either, for sure. This is a sad. Yeah, it's been a very sad hangover. Yeah, it really is. And next up, uh, we're going Green Bay Packers versus the Cowboys. The comeback of the week, 31-28. to 28. The Packers showing a little bit of life there in the NFC. And the Cowboys, Mike McCarthy, is probably just 
cursed uh, playing against Green Bay. Uh, I mean, this this has got to be the turning point for Green Bay. They have to basically win out. This this gives them that momentum. You come back down from a 14-point deficit on what is considered probably the best defense in the league. It's big time. We'll see what happens. Um, always a good day when the Cowboys lose. You better double-check Rodgers for you count them out. You can't count out the Packers. Team money. Christmas moving on to our last round, last game of the lightning round. Uh, Commanders win. The absolute shocker. Fighting giving the first loss to the Philadelphia Eagles. 32-21. to 21. Tyler Heineke. Heineke. With that, kind of questionable call. Surprised we didn't talk about it too much, but they win. Anybody else bet against the Commanders? Yeah? All right. Cool. <laughs> Hands up. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this is one of those days the better team did not win, but, you know, anything happens in one game series. Any given Monday. Yeah. <laughs> right. Undefeated on Sunday still. Fly Eagles fly. Um, that is your lightning round. We really digested the teams of our favorites. Of course, you already know that's the stuff that we do here on the Mickey's Disney Podcast. But now we're going to transition to a little bit of college football talk. We're going to go into right uh, into that right now. Once again, shout out to Pinnacle Supplementation. Go reach your Pinnacle along with G43. He had an awesome video. He was just at a Foot Locker sponsored event. He's doing absolutely great things as well. But Thanks again for supporting the podcast, and thank you for watching. Let's get into some college football talk. You're wearing the Bama sweatshirt, Cheyenne. You want to give you a quick Bama take? We don't talk about it much, except for I love it when they lose. <laughs> uh, rolling tide, not looking too good. Rolling away. Um, <laughs> rolling away. You know, it's one of those down seasons for us. We'll still take our, well, like 18 championships we have now. Okay, um, okay, relax. We'll see whatever bowl game we're going to destroy this year, but, you know, so leave it at that. Tough season for us, you know. Too many, you know, personal foul calls in these games. Lose two games by a combined four points. It's a tough season for us, but we'll be back. Yeah, I mean, that's the one thing, too, is that I've always considered Alabama, like, the greatest one-loss team ever because, like, they'll they'll go and they'll lose that one game and it starts getting the questions right on should they make the CFP. Then they make it and then they end up dominating. They ran into an LSU team that's just hot at the right time. I mean, this is the same team that lost to FSU week one and has bounced back and <laughs> just played – incredibly since then um but for them to come back i mean that's two tough losses two emotional games to come back and then play an an 11th ranked old miss it's a tough game and a tough a tough ass for that team and they win by a touchdown it is another close one but they grit it out they get a win big game for bryce young getting back i mean it's bama man i that's mean they, they're out of the cfp but they're good you're talking about bryce young heisman right front runner and everyone's like putting him in projected top five for nfl drafts especially the number one quarterback coming out of there some people are and my thing is, is they do have a lot of those close games. And this is what we've been calling on the podcast. They're going to be lost to really legit teams, that being Tennessee and LSU, who are five and six right now. The SEC is really, really loaded. And it really is because when they go play other teams, they dominate other teams. Now, I am really excited to see what bowl game your uh, Crimson Tide goes to. And I can't wait to get the shirt of the victor of that bowl game. <laughs> I'm putting it right down, down the bottom. Whoever team goes against Alabama, I am rooting for 100%. And I want to get their victory bowl shirt. Of whoever they play, uh, not I'm not too familiar with all like the seedings of this team going to that bowl game, etc. But if I if I was a betting man, you're going with Bama and beating whoever in the bowl game. I mean, uh, but I, I thought really, you were going against. Wait, no, I was about to say you're going <laughs> no, against, you're against Bama. Yeah. And I was like, talk about wait a second here. Yeah. If you're betting, you're betting for Bama. Got rent coming up. <laughs> <laughs> um, next up on there, I mean, obviously it's TCU. We talked about it last week with them 
being this team that we see are going to lose. And they're still up there in the top uh, top four. They're in the college football playoff. But we all know when they lose, dropping down. I mean, where do you think they're going to drop if they lose? I mean, if they lose, they're going to go to probably – well, I don't know. They, we Bay. talked about – we talk, they'll go below – I would say they're going to be around that 10th, that number 10, if they were to yeah. lose. Um, I mean, they've had – a pretty tough schedule. We talked about them beating the four yeah. ranked opponents in a row. We talked about them having the three tough games to end the season. Well, they survived one. They survived one. Yep. Texas is down. Check it. 17-10 beat them this past week. Gives them a – they earn what? The Big 12 title berth now, right? I yeah, believe so. Are. So they, they earn that, which is big time for the right. – Corn Frog's up, baby. They're, feel, they're feeling good. Um, But it's really just been about – I mean, like, Kendra Miller. Let's talk about him running the ball. 21 attempts, 138, basically 140 yards on the ground with a big score, 75-yard touchdown run. That kind of broke the game open. Uh, but then on top of that, you've just – I mean, Doug, is it Dugan or Duggan? Uh, Dirk, uh, the quarterback, he's Dude. actually from Iowa, oh. from Clive, Iowa, from Dowling Catholic. That was yeah. uh, some talk of the town earlier. It was pretty cool. Yeah. Well, Iowa he, I mean, and he's, he's just played smart football – all year, in my opinion. He hasn't done anything where he's necessarily blowing it open. He's had a couple big games, but hasn't done anything. Like, this game was a game where you can't make that crucial mistake, and that's exactly what he did. He just stayed away from it, kept the ball on the ground, threw to his playmakers where he needed to, had a score, no picks, no turnovers. That's how you win ball games. Yeah, I'm all for TCU to keep making this run. Um, I mean, we saw Cincinnati make a run last year and get absolutely dominated. <laughs> but you know, represent. I'm down for TCU. You got Ladainian Thomas coming out of there. Chargers proud. LT, one of my most favorite. Waste, wasted career. But um, yeah, I'm all about. It. They've had a lot of close games this year. You look back at even the Oklahoma State game when they went to double overtime. Back that was a true test for them there, and they stuck it. And they see they could uh, you know, move forward and win these tough ball games. So you know, I'm all about them. They got a tough matchup against Baylor coming up here. So we'll see. One game at a time for them. Yeah, and I mean, we bring these uh, uh these teams up specifically, and I mean, I could bring up another one, but really it comes down to what we're looking at towards the end of the season. I mean, we're getting into week 11 now, so this is where you're deciding bowl games, you're deciding CFP rankings, all of that. And right now when we're looking at it, you got Georgia number one, Ohio State number two, Michigan number three, and closing it out with TCU at number four. On the fringe, you got Tennessee, LSU, USC, Bama is back up to number eight. We've already kind of discussed that. I don't believe that their CFP Doors chances are still alive, correct? Doors no, shut on they that. Are not even the SEC yeah, they can't be the SEC champion. I'm with that. I think that for once we have a year without them in it. But who is going to be, honestly, I would say those final two spots are kind of going to be up for grabs in a way. Between I mean, Michigan and TCU? I mean, Michigan and TCU because the Big Ten championship. Whoever loses that, they're out. They're going to be number five. Yep. Yeah, the Big Ten. So, Big Ten championship decides that. I'd say one of them falls out from it. And then TCU, it's really it's up to them to go undefeated. If they don't, we have a whole big mess of possibilities that can happen. Well, let me ask you guys this. if Because since Ohio State and Michigan have to play, one's going to drop to five. Right. What's going on with Tennessee? What if TCU loses? One of those well, I say Tennessee play. then comes back. Well, Tennessee won't play in the SEC, SEC championship. championship. So they're if they went out, they're just gonna say that. So if you have one of these teams, I don't know. Like at least the only thing the there's only one thing that can honestly like completely shake it up in a way is to me like the Big Ten championship is gonna have a loser, and that's gonna really suffer who the loser is. That team still has a chance to stay in the top four because it's gonna be like a number one versus three or number two versus three matchup. 
I'm just saying. But the big game is going to be the SEC championship. It's got to be. It's going to be what, LSU and Georgia? Yeah, LSU, Georgia. LSU and Georgia. Mm-hmm. LSU wins that game. You have to put LSU in the top four, in my opinion. The two-loss team? Yeah, that's going to be crazy. It's going to be crazy, but they beat Georgia, who's by far the best team in the country, in the SEC championship game, and they've beaten Bama. Who's number one? So their first loss, their first loss of the season, I'd say you kind of throw it out the window. It's first game under a new coach with Jim Kelly, and it was a close game against FSU. And FSU is still a ranked team as of right now, so it's not like they're bad. But then their other loss is what Tennessee. So, it, I mean, it's it it becomes a jumbled mess if LSU wins the SEC championship. Game. Yeah, a jumbled mess. My biggest thing is you got to think about USC potentially if they went out they we, might make when that we jump brought them up seven them up. I mean they're a nine and one ball club if you really want that one lost team they got to make that jump to four that's saying TCU goes undefeated TCU goes undefeated Big Ten championship you're gonna have a champion Georgia wins so is Tennessee a better one lost team though than who than USC USC is a, a champion though I mean Ooh. you know what I'm saying like they're gonna have that that champion next yeah, to their it's name tough. it's tough to not. Not have the a conference change exactly. SEC still so dominant though. Yeah, but I mean they, we've been talking about a potential three SEC teams playoff all all year, and so. this could be a year that would do it because I do think that Michigan Ohio State. I really hate seeing it if they lose. Now if TCU and Michigan when they lose, like when Michigan or Ohio State loses, right? When both of those teams lose, if that happens, Tennessee is definitely in there, or LSU is definitely in there. That's crazy. A three lost teams. We know Georgia's going to go win the SEC. USC, I think, has a great chance, and we talked about them earlier on in the year, to make that push. If they have a dominant win down the stretch that really you know, solidifies it, like playing against Notre Dame and UCLA, they play two ranked opponents to end their season. They win both those games, they're number four. And, mm. and win the title. It depends how they win those games. But yeah, you know, but I you're playing against the 16th team of the nation, no. But you go out and dominate those games? You're, no matter you, what. You got you to gotta talk about it now. So keep, keep that on the back burner. Wow. Shout out Trivia Night. <laughs> oh my goodness all righty um come as you are <laughs> amazing college football talk as you can tell everybody it is actually chaos like i would love to be in the room to help decide the rankings but at the same time i'd love to leave the room when it's actually time for the college football playoff like here's the last four teams you're gonna get so much bash either way because yeah. we just named off so many scenarios for those top seven top eight teams um so i mean gonna be crazy i mean clemson i there's no way no, i really hope no, they no. Me all I've, I've said all year that they <laughs> well, they were the team that needed to lose all yes, year and we were way too happy. many close games way too many yes it was now to end the podcast we're going to transition to a sport we haven't talked about as much because right now it's football mania we absolutely love it y'all but basketball we got uh, going uh, big on? time big time baller over here three point marksman put him on your pickup basketball game here with mr mino he was a one-time intramural champ but the reigning first in suit, right baby. Here. Uh, shout out to squad. But uh, here we go. We're gonna talk a little NBA because it is thriving right now. Because your seeds are, of course, on top. A twelve and three because they just got a W tonight over the Hawks. There you go. But there right go. now we're just gonna talk about those teams that have really shocked us. Some teams are like, "What? What's going on?" And uh, we're gonna be talking a lot of West, a lot of in the West. Hit me with it. Can we start with who's leading the West currently? The Portland <laughs> Trailblazers? Um, huh? huh? I know, like, don't get me wrong. You got Damian Lillard. He's been talking about trying to bring a championship back to this team for God knows how long since he's been there. But 
nobody else really they got Eric like, Bledsoe. I mean you got Eric Bledsoe, <laughs> but you can't tell me he's the same player I mean they had Nurkic but still, they yeah they yeah. have yeah like they have Nurkic they have some players but when I look at how other rosters are constructed across the league there's nothing on the team that says oh my dominant yeah but they're just playing great team basketball they're moving they're moving to the basket making backdoor cuts playing great defense on the back side of it and that's how you win it's it's a team game everything is a team game we always want to shout out. I mean, we it's the same thing with people want to bring up the Jazz, how they started their season. They traded away everybody to tank, and they are out here with a winning, record, winning. with a winning record. So it, it is crazy, but yeah, that that's something to talk about. Anthony Simons, Simmons or Simons Simmons Simons, Simons. Anthony Simons. That hey, that is a scorer right there. Absolutely score like completely dominant, electric. It's over twenty points a game. And I, has Dame even really like played much? He's only, I don't think he's only, yeah, yeah, yeah I think he's only played half the year. So it's very impressive. Very impressive. And that's the thing. I mean, I'm just so wowed by it. I mean, we're talking about Anthony Simmons like leading a team in the West. I mean, you have the Lakers doing really bad, which we'll talk about because that's obviously a huge shock as well. Yeah. But this team has just, yeah. I don't want to say nobody's because they are elite athletes. They should be in the NBA, right? They're out here scoring points, right? Getting the assists needed, getting the rebounds needed. But these are not the guys you turn on ESPN to go look forward to. They're just a really well put together team. They're playing team basketball. And at the end of the day, we saw that's how a lot of the teams win in the NBA. This is no longer a one person takes over the show type of NBA. As much but you still need that person. You know what I'm saying? They're not gonna go win the ship. Not at all. And if they do, someone can look back at this episode and say, Wow, you were way wrong, but it's not gonna happen. Right? So they're gonna lose. They're gonna lose first round. I still see it. Like, I don't think they're going to stay on this hot streak that long, but that's just my take on the trailblazers. I mean, I think basketball is one of those sports. I mean, you have such a long season for a reason. It's kind of the same thing in baseball. Like, at the end, typically, the better teams even out, and you'll see, and we'll see that kind of take over. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's a hell of a start. It's a hell yeah. of a start. Yeah. I mean, shout out to Chauncey Billups. He's really got the team together. Love um, him. He's really I forgot who was the head coach. Yeah, wow. I mean, wow. he's a dog. I mean, it's really showing no. that this is a, this is a definitely a team sport. Um, it's not really the star driven league that it used to be. You need the full team working together. Um, so <laughs> yeah, the cast going well. Um, <laughs> so this is yeah, definitely they're working well. Shout out to Chauncey Billups, early favorite maybe for coach of the year as well. Good take. Hey, good hey, good hey, take. hey. I, I, I get it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Big over here. Um, another team definitely we have talked about at the bottom of the pool here is your Lakers, Shy. You're a big LeBron fan, and he's losing, which uh, you know everyone knows on the podcast. I love it when the Lakers lose, and Russell Westbrook's coming off the bench. Anthony Davis is not Anthony Davis of old. So to get rid of the team, trade everyone. What's going on, Shy? Um, everything's going wrong with them. Uh, you can start off with the fact that every game we start off slow, and we come crawling back every game. Um. Three and ten, yeah. Every no, no team chemistry. Um, I don't know what's going on with Anthony Davis. I thought this is me the time where he finally takes over for LeBron. LeBron can just kind of hang out, just the ball, get his you know thirty minutes a game and call it a day. But he's playing too many minutes. You see, that's where he's getting injured, and that worries me. That even if the Lakers do go on a hot run and make say even the play in, LeBron's not gonna be healthy. He's playing too many minutes to even try to get to that point. Um, and the Davis is still absolutely balling as I pull up these stats, though. He's got uh, 24 points, 11 rebounds, one steal, and two blocks a game. Shy, that's pretty darn good numbers from Anthony Davis. 
But Anthony Davis has got to be a thirty-point scorer for this Lakers team. As much as as hard as it is to sit to like yeah. demand that of somebody, I feel that it has to be that. I do not think that LeBron James at thirty-eight years old this coming month need has to be the the guy. I mean, they're treating LeBron James like he's the best shooter on the team at this point. He takes the most threes on the team when he plays. It's crazy. Too many. It's, it's so I, I just I don't really understand what's going on there. I don't understand the dynamic of the team, like you said. I'm not sure if it's always a chemistry thing because like you see how they interact with each other. You think that's always like a like I think that's pretty solid in a way. I mean, eh, eh, could be. You never know. But um, I don't. I just it's so hitter. It's so hot and cold because I feel like I've seen flashes in a couple of the games where they've won where it's like it's showtime where it turns into complete fast break shut down defense because they can play defense this season they just yeah. they they have no shooters and nothing to surround their core three guys i mean that's what they need lebron you gotta get shooters around them um he's going to pass the ball regardless Miami, if he knows they're Miami, making it shane battier mike miller the way made all shooters right yeah. right allen i mean that's why he thrived and got a lot of those sets yeah. yeah i mean lebron does not care who it is he's going to make the better basketball play but if he's making those plays and they're not ending up in points because it's no shooter out there, it's not going to matter. Yeah, I mean, and you obviously got Russ. I think he's been playing a lot better off the, I, off I agree. the bench. I agree. But he still doesn't fit the Lakers overall. No. He's a good spark for a second there, but turnovers, he kills them. It's easy. They're going to help the team or hurt the team. It's not going to be a consistent um, every day, let's help the team. But um, – you know, and I don't see any way to get trade him or anything. I, I mean, I even said when he first became the Lakers, did. I oh, said, this is not going to work. I remember you saying, are you out of your mind? You got a Hall of Famer here? Well, here we are now. Yeah, I know. I mean, they, I've, I know there was word from the front office. They were saying they're not going to look for trades until they get a look at um, Dennis Schroeder and who's who else hasn't been playing. There's one more player that hasn't been playing. Um I, I want to say, know. has it been Scott? Has Scotty been playing? Well, Scott Pippen Jr. I don't think he was really going to be playing that much anyway. Uh, okay. I don't know. But I know um, Patrick Beverly, he hasn't been playing much. He's he's looked so bad. Patrick Beverly has not been a good Schroeder, addition yeah, this yeah. season. I know, yeah, but Dennis Schroeder, I know for sure. They've been waiting for him to get back. I don't think he creates an overhaul impact on that team. But I thought – Kendrick Nunn was going to help us a lot more. He's looked rough. I remember him in the finals. He was going off against the Lakers mm-hmm. back in the bubble. Mm-hmm. And I was expecting even a quarter of that we could use. He looked good for us uh, for the Heat in the playoffs oh, last yeah. year. He's, I don't know if it's just the pressure of playing Le- with LeBron. I can't imagine trying to live up to that. But everyone's just folding around him or something. And, and I mean, and dude, he again, I always will bring it back because I know us two are huge LeBron supporters and fans. But, like, you're – Turning 38 next month, he's averaging 25, 8, and 9. What do you – or 25, 9, and 7 or something like seven. that. Like, yeah, 7 and 9. What else can he do? I don't know. I mean, Anthony Davis has had his few games where he's popped off and helped. But... The big thing here is this is like a 2K team we tried to trade for. I just traded for the three best players. We're going to ride them until the sun goes down, right? But then you look at the rest of this roster, Austin Reeves, Troy Brown. I mean, we talked about Canada, winning Gabriel, Matt Ryan, right? These are not players you want to surround your team. You talk about these other greater teams, like Jordan Poole really came alive, right? They still have James Wiseman on the Warriors, right? Those are those role players. We talked about the Trailblazers. I guess these role players are really stepping up into the role. Shining, you just said, these players are timid, maybe, to perform with LeBron. 
I on paper they just still look so good and it's still crazy and it, 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 everything's just not working. Maybe it is Russell Westbrook. Maybe you'll if they did trade him, go get two to three players that are role players, shooters, people who sit in the corner. Boom, let's go. That Mike Miller, Shane Battier type that we talked about. Um, it's absolutely crazy in my mind that three and ten. You know why? I love seeing it, but yeah, three and ten's a a little tough at yeah. the end of the day. But um, I mean, also I think another big surprise when you're talking about teams that struggle, the Golden State Warriors. I mean, to start the season, I mean, I think they'll figure it out. They're fine. They'll figure it out. But starting the season below 500, 0 and 7 on the road. That is not championship pedigree, if you ask me. Yeah. I mean, you look at, I think the biggest issue with them is that, I mean, Curry's playing out of his mind again. He's not the issue. We've got Clay Thompson. Clay Thompson has really been struggling since he came back from his injury. And you even look at that team moving forward, he's, about, he's got that new contract coming out which he's making a ridiculous amount of money for nothing really overall <laughs> to do nothing out there. You got him. You, they're going to get rid of Draymond. You could be seeing the end of the dynasty right here. They don't get, after they, winning the ship after, yeah, after this past year, this could be the end of this could be the, you know, tough season fall apart. Um, I'm not sure what's going on with James Wiseman. Last time I saw he was back in the yeah, G right, league. Right. Uh, yeah, yeah. He's played in the so, games. So. Yeah. I don't know what's going on with that. Um, the young core is not stepping up as much as I thought they were. Yeah, I mean, they, they, like you said, Jordan Poole went and got that bag. Andrew Wiggins went and got that bag. Are they not as motivated all of a sudden? Do they, are they feeling content? Whatever it is, that, that's that. Curry, again, isn't the problem. He's averaging over 31. He's, he can, he's, he's shooting the lights out. Clay Thompson was always that number two guy, and he hasn't been at least this season. He had his moments at the end uh, when he came back from injury last year, but I'm with you. Hasn't looked the exact same. Kind of hard to after injuries like that, but. Still got to at least be a spot-up shooter with him being who he is. And then I'm going to bring it back all the way to the preseason issue. Draymond Green and Jordan Poole getting into it. And in I know everyone said you move on from it. It's not a big deal. There's something with the team. I don't know if it's mentally, atmosphere. There's something that is off with them. And I, I don't know what it is yet. And maybe, like I said, I think they'll get out of it and they'll figure it out because they're too good of a team not to. But – there's something behind the scenes that's just weird here. And it kind of makes me want to lean towards your take of maybe this is the end of the dynasty, right? I don't think it's been the end of the time. I think they definitely still make that deep playoff run, make it to the second round. I mean, you still have the second round to them is a fail. Yeah. It, it is. I mean, especially after coming after, you know, after coming out the championship where Wiggins really, you know, popped off. And I'm looking at all these stats right here. Andrew Wiggins still being Andrew Wiggins. We know he's not going to be a 23 point scorer, right? He's going to score your 18, be a defensively sounded player. Right, Jordan Poole, we've already, yeah, first of all, with all the drama on the out, like, uh, outside of the court, which I believe does have a bigger take more than what people expect it to be. And then also, like, he's putting up 17. I mean, that's still pretty good. I mean, obviously, not more for his bag worth, in my opinion. And then Draymond Green, I mean, we've said it before, he's just the glue guy. And if you get rid of him, yes, it is the end of the dynasty, right? He is your glue guy. He's the person keeping everyone together, right? Clay's still trying to come out the injury, which is, too crazy, insane injuries. So crazy that he's still playing in the NBA, winning championships nonetheless. So I think they're going to figure it out. I mean, I really do. They're going to be a top five seed, easy, especially in the West. Like the West is pretty bad if we're comparing the East to the West. Yeah. 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 Uh, otherwise, the last quick NBA team I do want to talk about before we close our NBA talk is uh, the Cleveland, Cleveland Cavaliers. We actually shouted them out on the podcast. We were kind of surprised from them. Like, 
Oh, they, they might make a good yeah, run. They went and got Spider-Man. Too. Spider-Man Mitchell? I mean, that was a big addition to them. Where the Jazz were trying to uh, tank, but here they are leading the NBA as well. And with that, it's just crazy seeing all these teams up there. Like, we never really pictured that. The league is potentially taking a shift, and it's crazy that the Cleveland Cavaliers are doing so. Right? Donovan Mitchell, Spider-Mitchell. It was the Utah Jazz. He was the, head, you know, the front runner for them. The franchise, the poster child. Then he does it at Cleveland. Okay. Um, next, you have uh, Jarrett Allen. I still think he's a stud, especially Cheyenne. But he's big defender, yeah. big time <laughs> rebounder, all that. Evan Mobley is actually performing. I mean, didn't he come in the same draft class as James Wiseman or somewhere around there? I know they're both pretty young. And Evan Mobley, 14, uh, 14 to seven and a half. That, that's exactly what you want out of your power forward, right? You're not your star player to go play a great role, right? Kevin Love coming off the bench, just being the old vet, showing them the ways. They still have Karis LeVert. He's having a 14. Just this team is scoring points, and that's why they're being successful. Garland had 50. A 50 for her last game. He did week. have a 50. 21. Right? I mean, we talked about LeBron scoring 24 being the league – or I think 20, yeah, 24 being the league's uh, – the team score. Darius Garland's uh, averaging 21. He's the second leading scorer. Like, that's what you want for a successful team. They're, they're getting buckets. That's what all pretty much the Caps are doing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they've been they've been electric. And the big thing for me too has been the leadership and the spark always provided off the bench by Kevin Love. Yeah, Kevin Love as a sixth man is dangerous, man. I mean, he he's an elite veteran. He's been a, obviously he's not the Timberwolves Kevin Love that we all grew up lo- uh, knowing to love, but he has been an integral role in in providing a spark off the bench and providing that veteran leadership. And I mean, he went out. Did what he needed to this offseason, lost 20 pounds, got in better shape, more active, more able to do stuff on the defensive end of the court. It's It's been pretty impressive to see what he, uh, he's done. I would love to have him in the conversation for sixth man of the year in the early part of the season. There you go. Um, I love how this roster is constructed overall. You have a bunch of elite scorers with Mitchell, Garland, and Levert. Uh, and then you got down the paint, you have Mobley and uh, what's his name? Jared Allen. That's two block. <laughs> It's twin towers. Shot blocking machines right there. Um, just overall a well constructed roster, and um, I didn't expect them to be doing quite as well. But now, if you look at it a lot harder, I mean, they're they're like like eight and six six, or something like that, nine and five, yeah, something like that. You know, they're but if you just hop in the game, watch them. They're someone that could be a dark horse sleeper. Yeah, they have all the firepower around them. Um, very well balanced team for sure. Look out for them. No, 100%. And, you know, we've talked about, oh, they're in the East, they're eight and six. And with that, I mean, you still have Boston, Milwaukee. Um, it's just crazy. Like some of those teams that they do have to go play, like later on, they're going to be a threat, definitely. And like you said, they're a team, like, I would love to play with in 2K. Like, if I actually bought them in hey, 2K yeah. this year, like, they would be. That's a team, like, I would take to the playoffs. Yeah. Right. But, I mean, good job on them. Cleveland's kind of making a name for themselves. Uh, it'll be awesome. So I think they're, without a doubt, a playoff team. Yeah, I can give you that. I can give you that. All right, all right. Well, y'all, um, covered a lot of sports here. Uh, awesome interviewee. Once again, with you, Mr. Mino. The feature. For, yes, uh, man. Doing it. Doing it. Beat the podcast NFL Pickums champion last year. Uh, thanks again for coming on. We're all here for a great time. It's going to be absolutely wonderful. But thanks again for tuning on in. Like I said, if you have anything you'd like to say to any of us, shout us out on the Twitter uh, and just reach out uh, on any of our social medias. Along with that, if you got um, our number, hit my line. <laughs> hit my line. Hit the line. Um, great, great times here. Uh, great conversations. It's been crazy in the sports world, and obviously, we're always going to cover it for you because we are 
bigger and better. Now we close out every episode with a hot take. Mr. Mino puts you on the spot. What is your hot take to close out the episode? Um, Chargers still making a run this year. At what? Uh, I have them making it to at least the AFC Championship. They're going to get healthy. Um, I see them beating the Chiefs by two touchdowns this week as well. We'll throw a double hot take in there. That's spicy. And, uh, That's spicy. What else in there? Since the Bears suck. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, Justin Fields will never win MVP. I think it's a pretty good take. Right ever, That's ever, 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 ever. All right. Oh my god. Oh my god. All right. You want to go hot takes, huh? Whatever bowl game Alabama goes to, they're going to lose. I'm putting it on the podcast. Get the buy the t-shirt right now. Buy the t-shirt right now. Well, they are going at each other's necks. I'm just going to be over here. The Dolphins are winning the AFC East. We're winning the division this year. I'm saying it. We're first there. We're first right now. We're winning. I want to say no. But uh, it's been awesome vibes here. Once again, please go subscribe on YouTube. Video will be out. Thanks again, y'all. Close us out. If you're talking sports, it's the matchup. Mickey here with Zizzy. Yo, we cutting it up. Just a couple athletic enthusiasts. You know what it is. The Mickey Zizzy. Uh, <laughs> Have a good night, everybody. Peace. Peace. <laughs> oh.